If it is a passive kind of ignorance, we move about in a foggy bliss of unawareness. If we make ourselves ignorant, if we actively delude ourselves, then we are making a terrible mistake. We rob ourselves of the clarity of truths. We miss the beauty as well as the full depth and worth of the universe. Good afternoon, folks. Welcome to another uh, session of Prison Focus Radio. I am London, one of your hosts today. We'll be calling um, New Bay in in just a moment. We have an awesome show for you guys. We have um, Darius with Legal Services for Prisoners with Children, All of Us or None. And we're going to hear um, him talk about more about ACA 6. And yeah, we're just going to have a good conversation today. I hope that you guys are walking in a state of gratitude. I hope that everyone just woke up feeling motivated. And um, sometimes you got to dig deep, right? Sometimes, you know, you have one of those little off days and everything. And it's okay. That's It's okay to have one of those days. As long as we could just always, you know, what, what I'm going to just say I find what works for me is to um, take a moment, breathe, and find some things that, I have gratitude for, which is so many things around me, so many things, and just focus on the positive. So you guys focusing on the positive? I hope so. So we're going to have a small music break, and again, when we get back, we'll have New Bay and Darius from LSPC, All of Us or None. I can tell that you 
thank God for you all now yeah, For you I Put my in the air for you I see what you're doing and I see what you go through Put my lighter in the air, the truth is you're beautiful Singing together, sing a new song Put your lighter in the air for love It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Let me hear you say yeah, 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 yeah Say yeah, 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 yeah Let me hear you say yeah, 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 yeah all are so beautiful i hope that you're feeling that um it's one of my favorite songs that was one of my go-to songs while i was on my prison journey so new bear are you in the line are you there i am here hi I'm here with good morning folks. good morning <laughs> hey darris hey good morning good morning or good afternoon maybe it's getting close <laughs> it's getting close <laughs> We're still bringing it so, on in here. Right, right. All right. Well, Darius, thank you for taking time out your busy schedule. I know we've been hitting the pavement because we are in legislative season, and it is very important for us to be pushing ACA 6 to get the word out, to get the signatures exactly. and um, inform folks. And so I uh, just thank you for – I know you're out there busy for taking a moment to talk to New Bay and I. And we want to, I've always talked about ACA6 just about every episode, but someone who is actually, um, who's really affected by this, because again, I can vote, but you can't. So, yeah, let's hear it. Right. Right. Well, so right yeah. now I'm sitting here at, um, I'm sitting here in Concord. We're just now leaving the parole office where we signed up quite a few people that's currently on parole um, to have a right to vote. Um, they didn't know anything about ACA6, so I came and, Gave them a little brief uh, history of it and, and the overview of it, so they all signed on. So that that went pretty well. Um, and so, for what people if people don't know what ACA six is, ACA six stands for Assembly Constitutional Amendment six. And what it will do, it will overturn the California Constitution um, um, to allow people on parole to vote. As it stands right now, if you're on parole or in federal or state prison, you cannot vote. And so, it'll take two thirds of the House, both the Senate and the and the, and the Assembly. Um, to, to pass this, so it's going to take a, um, a lot of effort, and so we're out here, like you said, hitting the pavement, and um, we're doing petitions. We have online petitions. We got in custody petitions. Um, um, we're trying every angle to get this thing passed. That's fantastic, um, Darius. Yeah. Will you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you feel, why this is why you feel like this is important to be well, right. I'm 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 formerly incarcerated myself, so I spent um, 26 years in prison. Um, I've been home about three years, 
and I have five years of parole. So when you look at the totality of that, that's 26 years plus the five years of parole. That's actually 31 years that the um, ballot box will have been out of reach for me, 31 years that my voice have been silenced. So, um, yeah, I take issue with that. You know, I'm a, you know, I, I pay taxes every day. I'm a tax-paying citizen. I'm told that I'm a citizen. I have all the responsibilities and the burdens of every other citizen. However, I have no say in how my tax dollars are spent, nor do I have any say and um, what elected official represents my family, my community, our needs. Um, and so, yeah, I take issue with that, and that's why it's uh, an important issue with me. Hmm. Indeed. So, Darius, yes. indeed. What's, yes. um, what, tell folks or whatever the case, like, for people who don't understand, like, what does that make you feel like? I've done my time, but just because I felt like when we did our legislative visits, a lot of folks did not know that as well. So being as though right. I did federal time, I've done just like you. I've done my time. I've, you know, done my programming. I came out. I have to pay taxes. I have to do everything mm-hmm. that you're expected to do. You and I, um, similar journeys. Um, right. But just because I'm federal, I can vote, but you can't. Right. And that and it actually makes no sense to me. And, right. and, what, and what ACA 6 will do, it will just uh, make it one blanket thing because people get lost. People don't know if they can vote or not. You can vote in the county jail. You can vote on probation. You can vote under AB 109. You know what I mean? You can vote pre-trial, um, but you can't vote when you get out of state prison on parole. But you can vote when you get out of federal prison on probation. So it's so confusing um, to the you know to the people. You know what I mean? So I think ACA 6 will alleviate that confusion where it will just let everybody have a right to vote at this point. So I think that's important. And Darius, what do you How? say to folks who say like safe things like um, when I've been out there, you know, hitting the pavement myself and talking to folks, I get a, a lot of um, well, I don't do politics. I don't get involved and um, that's just not my thing and blah, blah, blah. What's your response to when people give you that type of, you know, reaction to what well, you say? Well, I mean, it's understandable because we got so much going on with the politics that in our politics, as people call it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you don't vote, um, if you don't vote, then your voice won't be heard. So um, the whole thing is, if you don't vote, you don't vote. So when things going on in your community or in your district that you don't that you take issue with, if you didn't vote, then you can't really take issue. So you can't complain about what the district attorney is doing in your community, how they're locking everybody up. You can't complain about. Um, Certain sort of things that's going on if you didn't take a stance for your community, if you didn't vote. Mm-hmm. Right, and I, I had a, I had a, um, I had a thought as well because I think you know for people out here, I just want to hear what your take is kind of on this because there are quite a people out, a few people out here that yes say that they they don't want to vote, but uh, you know they're not really that interested, and right. like we were just talking about, but we have a choice. That was something that was taken away from you, right? That's right. Been taken away from you. We actually have the choice to say, I'm not going to get involved. But what does it look like? I mean, how, how, how have you been experiencing this? Um, uh, you too, London. I would love to hear what yeah. you all have to say. Like, um, when it's presented as now you actually, you, that right has been taken away from you. What does it right. look like for people that are realizing, like, oh, I've had this right taken away from me. Um, yeah, what does it look like for them? Have you experienced um, that coming across for people. Well, yeah, I have. And, uh, um, um, I think people are starting to understand how important it is to vote, and they start to understand that um, in any democracy, um, voting is a cornerstone of any democracy, and you should have that fundamental right to vote. So 
um, when they take your voice away, they're not only taking that voice away from you, they're taking it away from your family. They're taking it away from your grandchildren, from your children, from your community. So the vote isn't um, just about the individual. The vote um, is basically a community effort. My vote is not just for me. It's going to help a lot of people when I get when I have a chance to vote, just like yours will help a lot of people. It's just, you know what I mean? And I think once people start understanding that, uh, then they resent the fact that um, they that has been taken away from them because they can start seeing um, how it's affecting their family, how it's affecting their children, how it's affecting uh, their community. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what, Darius? What I've learned, yeah. what I love is that, honestly, I'm going to be on. So I'm always I, touching I, yeah, I, um, I always kind of said that, um, you know, just honest on the radio and just said, how prior to joining you all, like, I didn't really think much about the voting, right? I didn't, like, really get involved. I I did vote for, um, you know, when Obama was in election and everything. But I really, it wasn't, like, I wasn't really focused on it. It wasn't a huge thought of mine, right? And what I recognize as coming out and um, getting back, finding myself and, you know, getting involved into the community is that, you know, uh, it's really important to, you know, knowledge is power and surrounding yourself around folks that have things going for themselves and pushing and everything is really important because I've learned a lot of things from you. Like, I, I believe you were the one who uh, said in one of our meetings, like, you know, well, if you don't do politics, politics will do you, you know. And exactly. I didn't I never even thought of, you know, honestly, um, how our vote had the power of. Um, voting in the district attorney and the judge and, you know, uh, things of that nature. And one of the things that I love with um, also you have to tell the folks about that video that you had us to watch because that was really informative. And um, I love now, like, you know, again, knowledge is power. And like, again, if you don't do politics, politics will do you. So I love how we are able to, you know, hold people accountable. So say, for instance, a representative, we vote them into office, but we voted them into office because they made all these promises. And then if they don't stand up to those promises, because, you know, a lot of people could just say something to get, you know, to get elected. And then if they don't follow through, then we can say, hey, remember when you said this, this, and that? Well, if you don't um, do those things, if you don't follow through, just know next election, we're going to be voting you out. And what, what people need to understand is that these uh, elected officials work for you. Mm-hmm. You don't work for them. We vote them in. They actually supposed to be working for us. And, the, and elected officials, a lot of them get it twisted and think that they are in power, they are in control, when the people and the people power is really what controls this. I mean, the people power is, is, is worth more than money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like I said, if you don't do politics, politics will do you. And the, and the video you were talking about, and that was um, um, dispatches from Cleveland. And they have a, uh, on that video, they show how in Cleveland they had a district attorney who was who was a seated district attorney for about 16 years. He went, no one um, ran up, ran against him. So he was pretty much um, in every every time. No one ran against him and, and everybody was scared of him until the people got together and realized their power. And they finally came together and voted and voted him out. And took his seat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But he didn't think it could happen. They didn't think it could happen. And everybody was afraid of him because he was locking everybody up. And he, you know, so when once people learn that, um, you know, how strong um, we are together in numbers, then I think they'll see it, though. And that and that's what I want to show in locally. Once people start voting locally, then they'll have more confidence in voting, like, more on a statewide and in federal elections as well. 
That's a really important point that you made there, and you had touched upon it when you talked about a community effort, um, Darius, and about um, the local elections, um, because that's really important, because I think a lot of people, um, you know, that might be new to voting or may not be that interested, I think sometimes the, the process seems so so big, like, oh, that doesn't, it's not really going to touch me, whatever the president does, or, you know, or some, um, you know, congressman or whatever. But when you get local, like you said, it be still, it's attached to that community effort um, and, and helping to really bring people together to work together uh, for those um, issues that are affecting you close to home. And um, so I really appreciate um you know, how it's like your kind of, you know, boots on the ground, um, you know, efforts to get people to get people involved. How and um, and yeah, how important it is for for those for those local uh, it, and it's empowering. Right. Like you were talking about London, like, you know, knowledge is power. Um, and if you don't do if you don't do politics, politics, politics will do you. So um, I love how you're really touching upon that. And I'm um, are you finding that uh, when you're out and about that people um, can resonate more with that around how it's feeling in terms of like voting uh, locally or, um, you know, does that does that seem to resonate more with people or are they still all on board maybe with? Yeah, you know, I, I think. Yeah, it does. I think when you explain to people that vote locally, let them get the feeling that empowerment at the local level. And then move up and move up as you go to state and then, you know, then federal, I mean, and then, you know what I mean, more to the presidential, because no one believes in, you know, a lot of the people in the community don't want to vote for the presidential races because they just feel that they rigged anyway. So I think if you start them at a local level and let them see the changes, let them see, hey, look at the councilman over here, you guys voted, and look at what he's doing. Look at this assembly person. Look at this senator. You know what I mean? Look at this DA. Look at this public defender that we voted in. Um, then once they start seeing that, um, and it takes time, though. It takes voter education. It takes political education. It takes boots on the ground. It takes dedication from the organization because um, you got to keep reaching out to the community because um, they've been let down so many times. Um, right. um, it's just hard. Darius, help so, me out a little bit because, you, you know, I always are, I'm very, you know, transparent with our listeners how I'm just learning. So remember when we were in right. Sacramento and we did our legislative visits with the um, the the um the entire coalition and right. the uh assembly member who's supporting us one of them uh came in there and he was talking about the history of how um when uh blacks were free um from slavery how all of a sudden when they started running for office a lot of them were winning and they weren't expecting right. that and so yeah so all of a sudden uh you know, slaves again at their um, Emancipation Proclamation. Uh, they're free. They're now they're actually running for yeah. office and they're winning. And so then all of a yeah. sudden they get this. They had to uh, shut that down, right? Yeah. Well, you're talking about the Reconstruction era from uh, 1867 to 1877, and at that point, uh, blacks had started building their own communities. They had started um, um, using their dollars in a 360 degree um, angle. Um, so they were doing their thing. They were running for office. They were winning offices. They were actually sitting in office. Um, and uh, I think what happened was, what it looks like, um, people got jealous. People got scared, you know. Um, and um, so I think, like in Oklahoma, what they did, they went through the Ku Klux Klan, went through there. Um, they burnt down the whole city. 
uh, in Oklahoma. They burned down the whole. They killed like 200 and something um, African Americans in Oakland. I mean, in Oklahoma, excuse me. Um, and that started it. And uh, they just started enforcing the black code laws even harder and start locking people up for pretty much anything, for being out of town without uh, an ID. Um, how can you get an ID, you know? Um, right. If you're a former slave, code. yeah, the black code laws, black they code start. Jim Crow laws, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, and, that, and that was the beginning of it. Um, and it's still going on today. I mean, that, I mean, the black code laws are just named something else, you know, like um, the war on drugs. That's a black code law. That's really a war on black and brown people, right. you know, um, mass incarceration, uh, the way they was locking people up. So, I mean, it's, it's, it hasn't stopped. You know, um, you got private prisons that's on the trading market. They are actually trading on publicly on the New York Stock Exchange. There are, the prisons are actually trading publicly, meaning that they are trading people. These, these are people they're trading. You know what I mean? It's the same thing, but it's just more sophisticated today. That's how I told them it when is. I was in the federal system. There is how they would trade yeah. us off. Like if they needed a head count, they would like literally yeah. bid us off to a different prison. You just be moved away from your family. Like folks don't know. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. How can a person commit a crime in California and end up doing his time in Mississippi? Never been to Mississippi in his life. Ship you away from your family. You're doing your time in Mississippi, mm-hmm. Arizona, exactly. Oklahoma. Yeah, I was down for oh, eight yeah, years, and I was sick. never close to my family. Yeah. I didn't get not one visit because yeah. I was so far. But, yeah, so, um, Darius, another thing is that uh, Dorsey and I were talking yesterday, who is the director of legal services for prisoners with children, all of us or none, and, you know, Juneteenth is coming up. And we were talking about, you know, what Juneteenth represents and so forth. But we were also talking about ACA 6 and everything and what we're pushing for and how we're just like you. I, I just learned that, you know, the whole black law thing. And like we're still under yeah. bondage. They're still like suppressing us. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and, uh, the 15th Amendment exception clause says that you're a slave. It says neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as right. a punishment for crime. Whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. If you are convicted of a crime, they're yeah. going to call you a slave of the state. I mean, we a can't right the there in our constitution. Mm. Yeah, and um, it was it was it was really, oh man, it was really um, I don't want to say smart, but it was really, it was it was it was it was how they put that in there, how they you know abolish slavery on one hand, but also legalize it on another, you know, um, a compromise. Yeah. And they and they did that. So, uh, what we and need we to are, do at some point is to overturn the Thirteenth Amendment. It takes two thirds of the country to do that, and that's what actually, at the end of the day, needs to happen. Once we, if we can amend the Thirteenth Amendment, that would change a whole lot of other things. That would basically, true. in my opinion, bring down a prison industrial complex. Hmm. So, Darius, what would I, it take? What do, <laughs> what's yeah. the steps now that we need to take to? Um, join and stand behind ACA six. What what is what what is where are we at now with it, and what is support that's needed to carry this out? Well, ACA six right now on on um, on the nineteenth of this month, on June nineteenth, we're going in front of Mark Berman uh, of the uh, the chair of the elections committee. So we're going to in front of the elections committee on the nineteenth. I'll be speaking along with uh, uh, Brittany from AC, Brittany Stoneford from ACLU and Tyena Vargas Edmonds for Initiate Justice. So we'll be speaking. Um, in an effort to advance ACA six, so we're asking everybody to come out and support us, and come up to the mic and um, and give your give a small um, give a small comment. Just say yes, I agree with it, or please please pass ACA six. You don't have to say much. But we're asking everybody to come out to the Capitol on June on June nineteenth and support us. And if you can't do that, please call Mark Berman. 
um, call Mark Berman, call uh, Kevin McCarty, uh, Assembly Member Kevin McCarty, or call your local Assembly Member or Senator and let them know that you support ACA 6. And if you also, you also can go online to um, allofusanon.org and sign on to our online petition that was uh, authored by um, John Legend, who lent us his voice and his presence to help support ACA 6. So we have a petition online that you can go on to and sign on to. That would really help out a lot as well. So June 19th at Sacramento, okay. Yeah, June 19th at the Capitol in Sacramento. What time? I'll go online. Um, 9 o'clock. Okay, and if folks want to get, if folks want to yep. come with us, how, is there a way that they can call you, get in contact with you, email you, so they need support yeah. for like, you know, just any type of support or more info is, is how would they go about that? Um, yeah, tell them to go to um, allofusnon.org or hit me up or they can reach me at, um, at Darius at prisonerswithchildren.org. That's D-A-U-R-A-S at prisonerswithchildren.org. And if you need a way up there, we can try to help you get up there. Um, we rented a van last time to get people up there, and we have to do it again this time. We'll do it again. It's not a problem. Mm-hmm. So if we have a, a group of people want to go, of course, we'll, we'll help you get there. Oh, great. Darius, I wanted to know also, are there hard copies of that petition that, that, um... that John Legend has done with us? Yeah, I mean, is there something that we, um, like if we have an event, because I happen to have, be having an event also, is there that I could get people to sign up on it? Is that, no, is, no. Is there hard, hard copy? No, we don't have it. On, it's, on, it's an online petition, but what you can do, you can just direct them to um, um, our site. And you can Perfect. take a tablet, okay. you can take a phone, they can do it right there on their phone. You can, do, you can take a tablet, and everybody can sign up on that tablet. We can let you use our ta- We have tablets. You can just take the tablet to the event. And they can sign up right there on the tablet, and it goes right. Oh, um, yeah. fantastic. Okay, that's great. That's <laughs> fantastic to know. Okay. Uh, all right. Yes, I got to get out of here, y'all. I appreciate you guys having me on um, today. I appreciate it. Hey, Darius, do you by chance yeah. have a couple more minutes? Well, go ahead. What you need? Well, I just wanted to. You guys had an amazing event at um, at the Freedom and Movement Building um, last week, uh, the homecoming uh, celebration. I just wanted to get your, I just wanted you to say something about that. It was a wonderful event. Well, that was an event that, uh, actually London put together and that event was a homecoming event for, um, farm incarcerated people coming home. We just want to celebrate people and let them know, Hey, you, this is what we're doing here. This is, we want you to learn to speak in your own voice. We want people to know that the freedom and movement center, um, is there for them. And, and everybody's welcome to the freedom and movement. So it doesn't matter your race, your age, your color, um, your sex preference, none of that. You're welcome there. It's our, it's our sanctuary. We want people that's coming home to know they have a sanctuary, and that sanctuary is the Freedom and Movement Center. Um, all of us are none. So um, we want people to feel welcome, and we want people to come join us and learn to speak in your own voice. We want to build leaders, not followers. And we want people to understand that all we want, is, all, all we want them to be is self-sufficient in the community. We want to civically engage them um, and let their voices um, be heard. And that's what, that's what that was about. Fantastic. Thank you so much, because I know London wasn't going to be tooting her horn, so I wanted you okay. to say something about that, because that was an amazing event. So loving, so powerful. All right. Thank you so much, Darius, for coming right. in and speaking with the, the public and speaking with the audience out there. Thank you so much. All right. for Thank you, Darius. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. All right. Have a great rest of your day. <laughs> All right, folks, well, we're going to take a small music break. This is KPOO uh, 89.5 San Francisco. It is 1128, and we'll be right back.
silken dream Take flight as the darkness gives way to the dawn You survived, now your moment has arrived Now your dream has finally been born What the struggle brings Black butterflies Set the sky on fire Rise up even higher So the ages win the time Can catch your wings Ooh. While you slept the promise was unkept But your faith was as sure As the stars Now you're free And the world has come to see Just how proud and beautiful you
right, folks, that was Black Butterfly with Denise Williams. We have Nube still on the line. Nube, are you there? I am here, girl. (laughs) I am so inspired. I'm telling you. (laughs) I am definitely feeling good. You know, you were talking about how sometimes you have to dig deep. You know, I realize it's um, for me um, when I do have to dig deep. it's being around, you know, folks, and I think you may have mentioned this, you know, being around folks who are, um, you know, just doing the work and, and being, you know, in working towards self-empowerment and self-determination and getting out there and, you know, and just bringing people together, um, you know, to, to work for the common good. You know, it's it looking towards each other. It's like we got to look to each other because, um, you know, there there are a lot of the, the the you know political environment is is pretty hostile right now. But if we look to each other, doing the things like you know that that homecoming celebration was so beautiful to you know be together with um, well be together with returning community members. Um, and, you know, be able to have, you know, open arms, welcoming arms, saying, yeah, we care about you out here. You know, um, you got a place to come to sanctuary space. It's just awesome. So thank you. But, yeah, I did put him on the spot because I knew you weren't going to toot your horn about that. No, and yeah, I've, <laughs> I appreciate that, Nube. <laughs> but I, I, what I really just want to, like, um, talk about for a brief moment is just, like, um, like it was it, it it's for me it wasn't even it, honestly it's not like a toot and a horn thing because when I say it was so much there was no way like that I could have uh personally pulled this off when I say it was a group effort a community effort and even like say for instance yourself like for you to have been busy all day and um, at work and then rushing over to make sure that you got there, you know, to have made it a priority to come there. Like those folks there felt that, you know, a lot of things um, without being said are, are sometimes the most things that are most strongest expressed, you know, or or strongest felt. So like uh, we had a lot of folks that were in the building who had been down for decades and they had been home for less than two weeks, you know, a month. And, um, uh, you know, I just remember like, you know, we're still setting up and then our first two guests arrived. And, um, I remember that face on, it was too, um, that, that face on their look, I'm I'm sorry, that look on their face (laughs) when, because they had took the bus for the first time and they were in an unfamiliar territory. So they were a little shaken up and it was just like, soon as they saw me and they didn't, we uh, spoke over the phone. And um, when I was like, oh yeah, hi, I'm London. And they just like grabbed me and hugged me and, and I hugged them back and just held them for a moment because I remember that feeling, you know, when I came home and, um, you know, to just walk down the street to get to LSPC by the time I got there, you know, I was just like, um, I remember I had this big smile on my face. And then five minutes later, I was boohoo crying because, you know, you don't, you know, you want it to be like riding a bicycle. You want to be cool and everything. And you're like, okay, like, how can walking down the street or doing this make me feel like this? And it, and, and it's a lot. It's a process. And so to 
have been in that space where uh, uh, where people can felt like they like they felt understood, you know, and felt supported. Um, folks, you know, we were grilling out all day from like two o'clock in the morning to I mean, it's two o'clock and two o'clock in the afternoon um, until even throughout the party, because the night before we got uh, 200 pieces of chicken donated to us, you know, <laughs> Uh, that's so beautiful right and we had so beautiful every folk walked away with something because we had um gift cards from the community you know we uh, we were giving out haircuts and um clothing and you know to see these men like i just remember i don't know if you were able to see like them trying on the suits that were donated and you know just that that look you know that you know i seen in some of their eyes when they put those you know those those we call them blazers on or whatever and, right, um, right. Sports coats, blazers. Yeah, well, pe- people are feeling, I mean, you created, and that's what we're doing here, right? We're, we're, we're creating a space that uplifts the humanity of people because, they, you know, the narrative out there is that these are just criminals and throwaways, and, 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 and we want to shift that narrative, and that was one of the spaces where you did that, you know? Oh, yes. And I, I, it's so, it's just so important because... You know, here, you know, thanks to KPOO and this, this this hour that we get for Prison Focus and the Freedom and Movement Building, which holds all of us or none, and LSPC and California Prison Focus. I mean, these are, you know, places of sanctuary, right, where folks can feel like they're human beings that are cared about because, um, again, the narrative has been that they're that they're just one-dimensional criminals and, and, and um trying to be held to that and we are doing something different and that kind of work is so uplifting that's what makes me feel good that makes me feel like i can continue on because yeah you're putting smiles on people's faces and you're connecting like heart connecting from your own experience as well and um you know we want to give more people that that experience i mean the community these are returning community members right Mm -hmm. and so um, they're never p- not a part of our community. They've just been gone. And we want, and so as community members that haven't been incarcerated, it's, we, we have to create those, those spaces where they feel welcomed home, you know, and supported in moving forward in their lives so they can thrive and dream. Absolutely. I mean, and yeah, so mothers, fathers, daughters, uh, you know, sisters, brothers, they mean, there's their families and friends and, you know, and people in our community. And that's what we always want to remember. So you did an amazing job. Thank you. Thank you, Nube. And thank you for like, you yeah. spoke, because I think that um, one of the things that stood out to me most about that night, one of the things was how, um, so we had a lot of community folks, you know, folks that were, um, uh, family impacted or who was just allies, you know, who, mm-hmm. you know, never been in, uh, incarcerated themselves, uh, don't necessarily have a loved one, but again, that they could see uh, the unjust system and they acknowledge it and they want to take um, part in helping to dismantle it and get help to, you know, bring awareness. And I just appreciate that. And folks, I, I saw they really appreciated it. So one of the folks that was there are one of our um the guests who came to support um, return, one, um, the returning folks 
had a conversation with me the next day, called me and was just like, um, it was just a really heartfelt conversation. And in this conversation, this person expressed how they were talking to returning folks and they were like, you know, I've never been incarcerated, you know, so a lot of things that, you know, that I go off is just having bits and pieces of conversations here and there and watching TV and this, that, and the other. But, you know, because I've never been through it, um, I've never, there's certain things that just never came across my mind. And one of the things, what I was talking to a gentleman that just came home, something that he said just broke my heart and something that I never thought about. And I said, well, what was that? And he said, well, this um, this gentleman, he had been incarcerated for almost 40 years. And now he was um, in his 70s and he could not find, he can't find a job because right. um, he said that, you know, because of his age, um, people look at him more as a liability. And so, and they say that he's more expensive, you know, because, you know, health insurance and this, that, and the other. And he says, I want to work and I don't know what to do. And I am a good worker, but no one will give me a chance. And he's like, and I, I don't get pension. And I, you know, I, it's just so expensive out here. I just don't know what I'm going to do. And it was just like, oh, because, you know, someone, even myself being in the situation, you know, you know, you got to talk to folks to get informed. You know, everybody has a story and everybody's uh, it's not a black and white situation, folks. You know, we go through different things. We have um, different needs. Uh, Tara said that who's from um, Impact Justice, you know, um, you know, she expressed those things uh, the one thing we Absolutely. have in common that we we were incarcerated, but we were different, you know. And when, of course, yeah, of course. And when she it, said it, that, it just broke it's gonna my be heart. Diversity. Yeah, it it is, and that's and that's the thing that we need to. I, I'm so glad that you brought that up. I think it's it's really important. We need to understand again. People are multidimensional, right. you know, and 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 yeah, we have things in common, but. But people have different needs, and they're and yeah, and we got to work hard to try and address them, address them all. And part of it, and I would like to go back to, um, oh God, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's like it's like bittersweet because as soon as you know you feel a sense of inspiration and you, know, you start to feel good, there's just these, there's always these heartbreaking stories. But mm-hmm. I want to read, I, I wanted to read a letter um, because I think it really kind of bridges part of, you know, what, what Dara's talked about in terms of what you all have been talking about in terms of ACA6 and Absolutely. being able to vote and, you know, and and how we're bringing out, you know, we want to uplift the voices of people that aren't heard. And so, you know, the returning community members, you know, returning and giving them voice. And um, I always want to make sure that we are also bringing, you know, because those people represent 2.3 million people that are still locked up and are going to be coming home at some point. So I want to read this letter, um, uh, if you don't mind. Oh, absolutely. Um, Okay, so it's Prisons and Politics in 2017, um, and this comes from issue number 51 um, of the Prison Focus newspaper, which y'all can see uh, if you go to prisons.org. and you can subscribe there to the newspaper, and you can also um, read this article and other, you know, past articles and past news, uh, newsletters online there. So again, Prisons and Politics in 2017 by Juan Moreno Haynes, San Quentin, California. 
The 2016 election showed us all that enough of the electric likens the ability to run a business with the competency to be the president of the United States. Sadly, this is not the case. Businessmen benefit themselves, whereas the president works for all the country's citizens equally. A government operating as a profitable business is something to be wary of, not a notion to embrace. Still, government and business need each other's support. American consumers get an assortment of goods from fair business practices like food, electronics, and entertainment. Then there is tobacco, alcohol, legal drugs, and automobiles. Even though these things satisfy consumer demand, history is marred with business practices that hurt and discriminate against people, particularly minorities. There has been corruption, deceit, and cover-ups at the expense of the consumer, the public. We need the government as an independent monitor of business practices. In addition, the government fights for the fundamental rights that each person is born with, but not necessarily in control of. Most recently, the federal government stopped using private prisons because of how badly profiteers were treating people in their lockup units. To up its profits, Corrections Corporation of America, renamed CoreCivic, skimmed costs by underpaying guards while providing inadequate health care and rehabilitative services to inmates. On the other hand, several state governments are moving towards prison reforms that return people to their families with support services geared towards stable living. The more than 3,000 volunteers who come to San Quentin believe in prison reform and help incarcerated people undergo their rehabilitative efforts. However, San Quentin is an exception. The country's prisons and jails are in disarray. The United States has 5% of the world's population but houses 25% of the world's incarcerated people. Prisons, as they exist, give society a false sense of security. Law-abiding citizens believe that if criminals are put behind bars, the community will be safe. Simply incarcerating people does not change them into better citizens, nor does mass incarceration affect crime rates. In fact, all indicators reveal that mass incarceration makes people more susceptible to criminal thinking. The incarceration experience is ill-equipped to help people overcome a wide range of issues, including substance abuse, mental illness, and childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. Most people's problems are swept under the rug rather than diagnosed and treated. Without the incentive or opportunity to change, most people will not. More notably, around 95% of incarcerated people get out of prison and they are being returned to their communities in worse shape when they, than when they began their incarceration experience. The mass incarceration strategy has resulted in 2.2 million men and women being locked away, disenfranchised, stripped of their citizenship citizenship and deemed second class. Mm -hmm. They are surviving a destructive sophistry of punishment, a denial of dignity that does not end when they get out of prison. Nearly two million children feel the repercussions of incarceration in the absence of their parents and siblings. There is something to be said about listening to the mistakes of incarcerated people and their reasons. Solutions are within them. The media can play an important role in this process, or it can be used as an insulator that keeps people divided and stuck in their beliefs without challenging them to do otherwise. In the end, the most important role of the media is to hold the powerful accountable and to amplify the voices of the powerless. Journalists, advocates, and politicians who focus on the disadvantaged, the underclass, and particularly the incarcerated are on the right path to honoring the very foundations of Americanism. And again, that's by... Um, Juan Moreno Haynes in San Quentin, California. And I do want to let people know that we are going to be doing another Liberate the Caged Voices, our monthly Liberate the Caged Voices. Um, it is also on June 19th because we do want to do a focus on, um, on Juneteenth, the holiday that is commemorating the, um, the Emancipation Proclamation, which 
abolished chattel slavery, but as we talked about earlier, right, London, with Zaris, we know that uh, vestiges of slavery are still ongoing, and they are definitely taking place within our within our prison system. So, um, so please, for those of you that are not able to make it to Sacramento, and I hope many of you do, to support um, the ACA 6 on June 19th, 9 a.m. in Sacramento, I do hope that you try to come out to um, deliberate the Caged Voices event on June 19th as well. We're taking place in Oakland at the Octopus Literary Salon mm-hmm. uh, at 2101 Webster Street from 7 to 9 on Wednesday evening. Again, we are going to be focusing on Juneteenth, and you'll be able to listen to, again, the voices from the inside, like this letter, talking of, we're going to focus on, um, again, June t- Juneteenth and vestiges of slavery, so we're going to be focusing on letters that deal with that. Uh, we're going to be having speakers and a raffle. As a matter of fact, Tara Lawyer from Impact Justice, the homecoming, doing the homecoming project, is going to be speaking on that night. Oh, nice. I know. It's so, I just love how, again, it's just like, you know, this, this, this community, right? Absolutely. Like, um, yeah, so it's, it's um, so yeah, so folks, and again, um, yes, uh, please go out, guys. It yeah. is, I tell you, it is just such, at first, I just love the Octopus Lounge because it's nice and intimate and just, it's very vibey and welcoming and just, I love, like, Nube, you just do such a good job with, like, um, informing and getting participation and, you know, um, just, it's, it's just a, it's just a free spirit space. It's very uplifting. I love it. Oh, thank you. I love doing it. I'm telling you, I'm so inspired by, you know, um, I'm so inspired by these folks on the, on the inside and then being able to meet them when they come out. Um, you know, it's, um, Again, we are we are dealing with people that have uh, stories. You know, there's there's just so much intelligence. There's so much articulation. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's just there there's there's so much vitality um, within these folks, and um, you know, in in and out. And so, you know, yeah, whatever we can do to uh, the, the community, you know, the community needs to get on board, and it's important for us. So every all of you that are listening, for you in San Quentin that can share us, we love you. Yes, um, we, we love can't you. wait to get your voices out. And for all the folks out there that are listening, you know, please find a place to be an advocate. Um, yeah. um, really, because they're asking for it, and and um, you know, we got to work together. It's not it's not going to happen on our own. We you know we we can't like you said dismantle this system on our own. We got to do it together. And um, uplifting these voices and these these stories, I think, are, are just they're really they're right really on. important. So that's right, you folks. Know. We can't just talk about it. We got to be about it. And again, uh, you can always reach out to New Bay or I and um, visit our the different websites. And there's always just something going on. What I just found out is that. Um, if you know you're busy one day, there's always another way to support on another day, you know. And this is not, um, it, it doesn't, you know, uh, take um, money or, 
you know, this and the other. It just really takes, it just really takes, you know, to just show up sometimes, you know, to just show up and have a conversation. And that's why, you know, you can go to New Bay, you know, at Liberate the Cage Voices. You, again, you know how Dara said at the Freedom and Movement Center, which is on 4400 and Market Street in Oakland. Um, that's like a sanctuary place. That's a place where, again, for, um, that's where I work. I'm a policy fellow there. And 70% of the uh, staff is formerly incarcerated. Um, and so uh, we just always love, like, you can always come there and just, you know, say hi to get a tour, to get information, um, liberate the cage voices. Um, Prison Focus is right in the same building with us. Like, and this is so, <laughs> so you awesome. see, you see how New Bay is with Prison Focus. I'm with LSPC because we're all fighting with, on one agenda. And that's to end mass incarceration. That's to help stop it. And that's to help to uh, free our brothers and sisters that are behind the wall still. I just wish that um again and i'm always going to say probably every episode is that um you know i want to lift up the women as well that are still behind those walls because uh uh, in the last decade the female population has grown 700 percent and um, we're going to be talking next week you know about uh the female population i i had a conversation um new bay with one of my coworkers who was a, was a former lifer and um, she was talking to uh, a friend of hers who um, is in a lifer meeting who had just came home. And one of the things that stood out, he said he told her that, you know what? Honestly, I just never thought about all the time I've been down. I just never thought about females being in prison. I just ne- he said wow. it just never came. He said it just never came past. Yeah. He just never thought about it. And so, wow. yeah, let's okay. talk about it. So, we'll see, we all need to get educated. Hey, which makes me want to give a shout out about Janet and Janine Africa getting out after 41 years in prison. Oh, welcome home. Right. Yes, so <laughs> welcome home. This happened on May 25th. So, definitely. And that's Ow. the thing. We got we to gotta stand in support of these people because they're coming home and they are hitting the ground running. They've got things to do. So, people, there are plenty of places to get on board mm-hmm. with us for sure. So, so who do, do are we having someone coming on next next week to talk about to talk about the women? Yeah, um, well, I'm, you know, I'm always women. willing to talk about it. But yeah, of course, you know, you and I will talk, and hopefully, we will. I I, I met a special lady at the um, homecoming celebration, and it's crazy. On my way walking here, I ran into her, and I was like, hmm. Ah. Right. And oh, oh man, I, when she told me her story, it just broke me down. But we got to go, folks. And so okay, I just we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> we could keep talking. And so we'll see you guys next week. And this is KPOO San Francisco. Bye, New Bay. Thanks, folks. Bye, London. Everyone have a great week. <laughs>